High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. It's Tuesday, of course, and that means the latest episode of our new podcast series, Unprecedented, is now available on iTunes, News Talk app, or newstalk.com forward slash High Noon. High Noon. Uh, iTunes is a great place to get it, but you just click. And there it is. Every week, uh, Adrienne Collins and myself pick apart the past week of the Trump administration. This week, we're going over to Sweden, of course, to hear how the Swedes felt when President Trump said there'd been trouble there last weekend. Uh, a keen subscriber and listener to the Trump podcast, of course, is Michael Graham, who joins me now from Washington, D.C. Uh, Mr. Graham, welcome to the program. I hang on every word of your wonderful podcast. Every word, George. When you're not off sick from work. <laughs> well, I'm never off sick from work uh, because I work in the private sector and I have like responsibilities and stuff. So, uh, you know, it's so funny. I actually took a sick day for the first time and I can't even remember when uh, last week we've got this uh, cold going around. But easily, easily half of the people I work with have either had the cold or are getting the cold because we keep showing up to work with the cold. And that's how it works here in the United States in the private sector. But there is um, issues between the public and private sector. I mean, astonishingly, if you take teaching, for instance, mm -hmm. right? Um, in, on, in teaching, sick days amongst teachers, and one has to presume that the possibility of getting hurt or injured as a teacher is the same whether it's private sector education or public sector education, is four times greater in the public sector. In fact, sick days in the public sector, no matter what uh, the industry is, is three to four times that of the private sector. Why? Well, because they work for the government. They're not going to get fired. And this is why Donald Trump won the election, as everybody knows, that everyone's working a scam. And so, for example, when I lived in Boston, we had the the MBTA. They run the trains or the T, the subways. And uh, it was so bad that the average MBTA worker was missing 11 weeks, George, 11 weeks of work. Uh, there's only 52 weeks in a year, Right. And so they were just, and it would be a mixture of sick pay and vacation and disability and my, you know, my mommy's visiting or blah, 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 blah. It is so bad on some of the technical jobs, George, the, the people who do the mechanical work, that the MBTA had to have three employees for every slot. If you wanted a guy to work eight hours, you had to hire three guys. One to be out on disability, one to be out sick, and one to actually show up and work. That doesn't happen in the private sector where you have to actually earn what you make. The American police force is interesting because if they get a pain in their back, it is, mm. it is assumed that it's um, – a, a workplace injury, right. even though they're overweight. And with mm -hmm. typical American humor, it's called the donut disability because he's more likely <laughs> to have a pain in his back from eating too many donuts. But, but it is astonishing also, of course, that in California, that Democratic Governor Gray Davis, they categorized tuberculosis and HIV as work-related injuries. Mm -hmm. How do you yeah, get, because, how do you get HIV at your work? 
Because the union wants it because they want every uh, you know possible break they can get. And so it has nothing to do with right or wrong or justice or injustice. It has to do with pure political brute force uh, uh, power. We had a firefighter in Boston uh, a few years ago, George, who was out on, quote, permanent disability, close quote. He couldn't work as a firefighter anymore because he had he claimed he'd fallen down some stairs, whatever. And he was after, while he was a permanent disability, was participating in bodybuilding competitions. You know, the ones with the muscles and you stand up there and you've got all the, the you, you wear the little Speedo and you show off your muscles. I was, was Mr. Fox Rock in my youth. Well, there, there you go. Know. So he's he's so disabled that he can't work, but he's up, but he's such a muscle bound monster that he's competing in this. And the best part is when he was prosecuted in Boston, he was, of course, found not guilty. No, of course. Well, uh, my my uh, my paper of record in the bathroom in the morning is the Daily Telegraph, which uh-huh. it would be uh, pretty right wing uh, conservative uh, politically, but mm-hmm. they regularly have stories where the British uh, social welfare uh, cops, if you like, get guys bodybuilding or run a marathons or whatever who are on sick leave, and they really do go after them. Well, that's what should happen because it's the taxpayer's money. But nobody will fight to protect your tax dollars as hard as the people who want them will fight to get them because it goes in their pocket directly. You know, there's there's no guy, Mr. Tax, comma, payer who can go out and get his money. And so the bureaucracy is always going to bend on the side of the people who just want the money. Now, the the latest disability, George, and you're going to love this. New York City a few weeks ago unleashed a bunch of counselors to deal with city workers who were suffering from the stress of PESD. I'm not making this up. Post-election stress disorder. They were so <laughs> upset. <laughs> no, Meg. Trump won Come the on, Meg. You're getting up. it up for I'm me. Not, no, no. It's, here's how bad it is, George. We have people who are not showing up for work, people who claim they can't work because they're so upset that Trump won. I even have at least one case of someone who was in a car accident and claims that the reason they ran the red light or stop sign, whatever it is, was because they were so upset that Trump won that they couldn't pay attention to their driving and it wasn't their fault. I am not making that up. But the other thing... Um, that happens in Ireland in the public service. And I wonder if it happened in America. You're allotted a number of sick days. So obviously right. if you're allotted a number of sick days, you're going to take them. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and that's common sense. And that's why I've never understood this uh, this idea. Uh, the uh, you, I mean, the theory is that if you are sick, you need to be out. I've never worked with an employer, George, who didn't understand that. I've never worked with an employer who said, what? Sick? You're fired. I mean, I guess somewhere out there, there's some Simon Legree evil character. But if you're a good worker, your boss needs you to show up and work. And he doesn't want to fire you. He doesn't want to lose you because you got a cold or a flu or have some serious, uh, uh, you know, uh, health issue. He wants to work with you. My father uh, ran a TV small electronics repair shop, and they only had, a, I think, at the peak, like 15 or 16 employees. And one of his key employees got cancer and had to be out for extended treatment for months. My dad told him the same thing. You get well. Your job will be here when you get back because you're good and I need you. And that's how most people get along. Then the government steps in and they add to the government, of course, is everyone's interchangeable. They don't care. They've got a hack job. They spend most of their day dodging. Yeah, work anyway. uh, but 
it's really interesting also, I think, there, what increasingly is happening, and I think it, the public sector has great difficulty doing it, which is to create team spirit within their organizations. I think private companies can do that. I mean, if you compare it like to sport, guys will bust a boiler to be fit for Saturday or whatever it happens. So right. the team spirit, somebody feels, I, I'm letting down the team. Uh, when you're working for something that, like the government, that has no identity or meaning for you, it's very hard to say, well, I can't let the government down. No? Do it is also the, the, uh, a private sector of impact. Sorry about that. There's also a private sector impact. Uh, you know, the people who worked for my dad, the radio stations where I've worked at, the people who've worked with me, we understood that if we didn't, you know, make money, the job could go away. And so you had some, you know, some sense of, Hey, we, we all got to be in this thing together to keep the doors open. Everybody gets that from the warehouse up to the marketing department at a certain level. You understand that if you're in the government, you know, your job's never going away. No matter how bad you stink, you can be the most incompetent teacher in Ireland. And at the end of your career, they're going to call you a retired teacher. You can be the worst, you know, uh, uh, a paper pusher in the bureaucracy in Dublin. You are never ever going to get fired. Well, there it, we've had a series of strikes by teachers, and there was one phrase in it which I always found difficult to understand, which was equal pay for equal work. Now, you know, whatever you can say, we are both broadcasters, but we would never say that we do equal work. We would say one of us is better than the other, or one of us works longer than the other, or, you know, whatever. I, 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 we I would know, never we, say I, same. But you can't You can't have just equal pay for equal work because it doesn't exist. Well, there's also something else. I would be happy to to connect teachers' work to their pay if they would let us include the results. If you have a teacher who takes a uh, group of mediocre students and at the end of the year those mediocre students are good students – she should get rewarded in a way that a teacher who takes a bunch of great students and ends the year with me, okay, students shouldn't. That's what should happen. But the last people to allow merit pay, the last people to agree to measurements by results are union people. That's, that's, what, that's why they have unions. So there's no connection whatsoever between what they do and what they get paid. And uh, that's why you have these ridiculous numbers where you are twice as likely to take Uh, your maximum sick days if you're a government worker than you are if you do the same job in the private sector. Because in the private sector, there's a connection between performance and result, and in the public sector, there's not. Well, um, there must be sanction, though. I mean, I don't get it where you suggest to me that um, somebody could be missing for 11 weeks or whatever and that there's no sanction. I mean, ultimately, uh, on our business program this morning at the, with Vincent Wall at the unearthly hour of 6.30 a.m., he was actually talking to somebody and, and said, well, how do I fix the fact that I have huge um, sickness things. And then this expert comes out and says, you bring the guy into the room and you talk to him and everything. I mean, people who go sick, they're not going to react to you saying you've been out a lot. You must have uh, some kind of, of sanction. 
You'd like to think there is, but once again, who's going to hold the government workers responsible? The government's not going to do it, and the the taxpayers, the boss, can't get at them because you have this layer of union people and then this layer of politicians who desperately need the unions. And so as a result, for example, in New York City last year, George, there were 16 public school teachers getting paid full-time to sit in empty rooms and do nothing. Because they are so incompetent or they have some allegation of sexual impropriety that we can't let them in the tax in the classroom. But the unions and the rules won't let us fire them. So they get paid full time to do crossword puzzles, chit chat, read, sleep on the floor. It's basically a study hall for teachers full time. But having said that, though, um, you 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 have no way of fixing it if you uh, go back. You have no way of fixing it if if you have no sanction. So it's going to be with us forever more. If if I mean the thing I found in Britain and America, particularly in America, if you get sacked in America, you know you're sacked and you're gone probably within the hour. Um, you first of all you can't get sacked here, private or or public or anything. It's very hard to get sacked, and then. The second thing is you get weeks and weeks before you have to go. Whereas when I was in America, they just kicked you out the door. Yeah, because that's, you know, that's how freedom and, you know, capitalism and opportunity work. That's how it's supposed to work. But not in the, once again, not in the government sector where it's virtually impossible to get fired. Uh, and the solution is to give the government less stuff to do. If you want in, in the United States, we just had a huge protest up in New, in New England over uh, making the trains private sector, putting the, 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 the system up for bids, letting a private company run it and make a profit. And everybody agrees that immediately costs would go down and, and customer service would go up. Why is it never going to happen? The unions, they won't let it happen. Everyone knows that the reason why your cell phone is so great is because it's a private product. If it, if the government had run the cell phone industry, we would all still have rotary phones in our cars with boxes the size of microwaves attached to them. Everybody knows that. And yet the same Eurowini clueless goofballs that are listening to us right now who know that's true will then turn around and say, okay, give me more government. Give me more government programs. Give me more government power. The more power government has, the more it's going to screw up your life. So just don't let it do anything other than what is absolutely necessary. The private sector will educate your kids much better than the government will. The private sector will treat your health needs much better than the public sector will. And we all know it. All right. Take care of yourself and don't get sick. Michael Graham there from Washington, D.C. Coming up next, a good way to pass a university exam might be to get somebody else to write the essay. Apparently, it's happening.